4: Text in from our buddy Jamie May that Paul Fainma apparently said it's a good possibility Auburn makes a coach prior to the Iron Bowl. I don't know if that's gonna happen. That seems kind of odd. He still thinks Freeze, uh, Hugh Freeze, is gonna end up getting that job. What's really circulating the rounds yesterday is what was said about Lane Kiffin. Now, this is from an actual person in sports media. This isn't a fake account. But basically what the account said is it's from John Skolahoff that Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Ole Miss coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers next head coach, according to sources. Now, Ole Miss and Mississippi State play the egg bowl on Thursday night, and he says it, sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet. So Lane to Auburn is happening. Story is soon. And then Lane quote tweeting and said uh, I didn't know anything about that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what did you make of kind of what went down yesterday with Lane Kiffin and this whole mess, Tommy?
1: First of all, the person that tweeted this is the news director at a TV station. I believe it's in Columbus, Mississippi. So this isn't just some rando fan out there just stirring pots. You know, this, this is someone that's, you know, for whatever it's worth, got a check mark and, and has a legitimate job in, in the media. So, um, I wouldn't completely dismiss it. Uh, I thought Lane's response to it was interesting, but what else do you expect the coach to say when he's a few days away from their rivalry game in the Egg Bowl? So, uh, All I know is that if all of their lips are moving, they're probably lying to you this time of the year.
4: If all their lips are moving, they're probably lying to you this time of the year.
1: Right. I mean, their lips are moving. They're lying. I mean, because what else is Lane going to say? You know, no comment is a comment. If he says he is taking the job, that would be unprecedented for any coach to do that. So, I mean, if their lips are moving, they're probably lying. Uh, you think he he doesn't have any interest or know anything about that job or hasn't had any discussions? Uh, that seems far-fetched to me as well.
4: Randall says Kiffin at Auburn would be a problem. He hopes it doesn't happen. They would spin on NIL by recruiting class like a and uh, He thinks Freeze at Auburn would be a match made in heaven. So what is the bigger opponent and and worse for the Arkansas Razorbacks, is it Kiffin or Freeze at Auburn? Because I my thought process is it's Freeze because I don't know who Ole Miss would hire at that point. And if you have Kiffin and Freeze in the league that you have to play every year, that's an issue. That's that's my logic. What say I think, you? I think
1: that's I think that's good logic. I I would now it's just me. Uh, if Kiffin bolts, if I'm Ole Miss. I get down there and get Deion Sanders hired before, you know. I've, I've maybe even already had those discussions privately, back channels, you know, intermediaries, whatever. I'd want to know what staff. He, that'd be my biggest question. I, I don't think there's even problem with him recruiting. I, I just want to know who, who can you hire as your D.C. and your O.C. You convince me we're okay there and that we can put a staff together, he'd be my man. Uh, so I'd. And I, I think he's going to be in this league sooner rather than later. So I think he, if if Kiffin bolts, uh, I would not be surprised at all to see Prime go to, to Oxford.
4: Robert, Texas, and and so it's funny after that was said, Lane Kiffin put this out, that John Skolikoff of WCB News in Starkville, Mississippi, plans to step down as a lead anchor and head to WLOX to become their new lead anchor. Sources say that they haven't offered him a job yet. So he was having some fun yesterday he's entertaining there's no question about it but on the subject of deon sanders is, is there still a little apprehension if you're an auburn fan that this guy has not coached at the sec level or the d1 i mean is there anything to that argument at all or would you just be gun so let's go with prime time
1: what's the most important thing a coach has to do recruit do you think he can recruit he's Absolutely. already gotten five stars to check i mean that you know, I've got a few other questions, and again, they're about staff. They're about actually X's and O's, and you know, who can you put together? You can't coach it all, so yeah, you 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 make me comfortable there, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to sign up.
4: Well, I think there's been guys that have had success in recruiting before. I think about Butch Jones, who had classes at Tennessee that were pretty solid. and He just never panned out. And I know Butch Jones and Deion Sanders a little difference between you two. But we've seen some guy, some guys are only good at recruiting, and their coaching is is not the level that needs to take in the SEC. I, I, I just I don't know if uh, with the SEC, I don't think we realize how difficult even the the small decisions affect everything that goes on during a football program. And I guess, I mean, Dion's played at the highest level and he's now coaching at Jackson State. I, I, w- I would think he'd be a better, I mean, is he a better fit at Ole Miss or Auburn, Tommy? Like if if Kevin goes well, to Auburn, do you just, I mean, do you just basically slide in Dion at that point? What, what do you think the, the Rebs would do in that situation?
1: Here's why I would say Ole Miss is a little more sane booster backing there. I, I would. Wouldn't you say that the, that the boosters are a little more insane? They're all. We're all insane. But wouldn't you say that the, the environment's a little more crazy at Auburn? When things go wrong, it gets worse. It, at it Auburn sure faster. seems
4: like it from the outside looking. That's their name. history.
1: Yes. Um, and he's got roots planted. They may not be deep, but he's got some roots planted in the state of Mississippi for whatever that's worth. Um, he, you know. He knows his way around that state from a recruiting standpoint and the region from a recruiting standpoint. So I think that's an advantage we'll from the s- Ole Miss perspective.
4: We'll have to see what happens. Again, the next couple days are going to be nuts with this whole timeline. Just a reminder, Razorbacks play on Friday, Auburn and Alabama play on Saturday, and the Egg Bowl is on Thursday. So you got three rivalry games in the SEC back-to-back-to-back to back to back that uh, I guess what the Arkansas-Missouri game doesn't have an impact on the other two. But – Those are going to be big questions. And if Ole Miss loses to Mississippi State on Thursday night, a lot of people in Oxford are going to be wondering if Lane is focused on something else. And I would think there's going to be uh, not much Thanksgiving time for media members, Tommy, in in Auburn, Alabama, and Oxford, Mississippi, based on what's going to happen these next couple days.
1: Arkansas's been there. We've dealt with these things. I'm just glad to see that we're not the only ones with crazy rumors during coaching coaches searches and you know that that, that the uh you know that the insanity of it is is just clearly alive in all the other fan bases the way it has been here in the last couple of coaching transitions
4: oh yeah it's the sec man it's people if people just think it happens in arkansas you're incorrect this happens everywhere and in some cases like we think auburn i know we have some some wacko boosters and some wacko big money and uh, that's how it is at every school but I don't live in Auburn Alabama, but I've talked to a few media members down there and some of the stories that they've told me off the record are just insane. Like I don't I don't know as an athletic director how you control that. John Cohen's got his hands full. He's the former Mississippi State now Auburn Athletics Director and that's something you constantly have to battle. And if they've got all this money propped up, I think you brought brought this up yesterday Tommy, if you're if you're so relying on a certain number of boosters to provide that nil collective, you're kind of at their mercy because then they'll pull funding and stuff like. It, it's just so so difficult to navigate college sports these days, especially in college football with hiring practices.
1: That's right. This nil puts uh, the ad over a barrel, puts the coach over a barrel. That you know if the boosters want to make anything contention upon what they want. Uh, and and you don't have multiple options, and that, that's one reason. If I was an AD, I'd be looking to have a diverse, wide base in my uh, collective giving. I wouldn't want to depend on just two or three or four people that could get together for lunch and turn the tap off today. And that's what's going to happen in a lot of these cases. There's not a diverse base in a state like Mississippi or Arkansas that you know if you're you know one of three or four probably family names or people, you're the one that can control. 10 to 20 million dollars a year there's not just there's a very short list of people that can can participate and be involved in something like that so you've returned or or, or emboldened a, a lot more power with with the uh, the biggest influences of your program i think with nil
4: all i know is when the athletic department sees Kraft or richardson on the phone dial they pick that oh, sucker yeah. up they know the importance of that call they know the importance of a text message like oh, that yeah. they know that they do not want to pit, tick off some some guys with the last name Crafter Richards. And they've been, mm-hmm. they've been warned directly by Hunter when it comes mm-hmm. to that. All right, let's talk That's some exactly Razorback right. basketball coming up. We had our first Hog Reaction basketball edition last night. Just a reminder, we're going to be doing that again tonight, Tommy and myself. We're also going to be doing that for conference play as well. Uh, various hosts here on ESPN Arkansas. We'll talk more basketball coming up in just a sec.
1: You know, last uh, Saturday was your... Last chance in the stadium to get CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers, but that doesn't mean you can't get CJ's at one of their two great locations. Ty, Fayetteville and Russellville. I know, you know, I think there's 16 high school football games this Friday night. A lot of people are going to be turkeyed out. Whether you're going to a game in northwest Arkansas, and there's a couple up there, or you're going to be up and down I-40 to uh, to a game, CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers can get you hooked up.
4: Yeah, and right now, if you could do me a favor for cheap eats, burgers, and fries, you can... Vote them at VoteBestNWA.com. That's VoteBestNWA.com. Keith and his team would love for you to pick them out as the best burgers, fries, and cheap eats in Northwest Arkansas. It takes literally, no joke, two minutes to get on there and do. And I know if you've had a CJ's Butcher Boy burger, if you've had a fry, they are fantastic. And you know it is no contest in the state who has the best burgers and fries in Northwest Arkansas. CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best, and they are at CJ's. So, Mikel Mitchell last night had his best game of the season. Mackay played good as well. Here's Coach on the Mitchell twins and the impact that they had against Louisville last night. I thought Mikel was really good. I thought Makai played good. I thought both of them, they give us shot blocking, they give us interior defense, they give us great size. Um, and I thought they did a really good job of patrolling the paint defensively. And that's what they are needed to do, Tommy. You think about Jalen Williams, he played below the rim last season, took over 50 charges, was magnificent protecting the rim, that way also getting a ton of defensive rebounds. The Mitchell Twins, along with Trevin Brazil and Jalen Graham, are going to be tasked in kind of that front court role. And I really like their their expanded game that we saw last night, particularly Mikel, who had his best game of the season.
1: Oh, no question. And, uh, you know, you look at the options and the variety, and I, I'm just interested to, to watch this team a little more, some games on TV. Uh, I haven't been to a game of Bud yet. You have, but watching these frontline guys and and what they all bring to the table—that's a little bit different. I think is interesting because uh, whether it's Graham or whether it's you know the Mitchell twins or uh, you know what a guy we didn't uh, uh, we didn't see Kari uh, in this game yesterday. So about everybody else played. So you know I think it's interesting what's going to happen with those big guys inside Arkansas is. As it was referenced yesterday, gonna be one of the leaders in the country and above the rim play.
4: Dizon Springdale texts in. He says he thinks Creighton is gonna give us a difficult time tonight due to their veteran leadership and players that have been together for a while. That's kind of what he perceives to be the kryptonite for our talent and athleticism. That's something to watch tonight, how Arkansas handles a veteran basketball team. And they've got to start defensively. That's where this offense really gets going, is when they get these fast-break opportunities, when they force turnovers. Forced 22 of them last night against Louisville. Did have 16 of their own. But that's how you get easy buckets. You get this team on the fast break, and they're high-flying. I mean, this team, Tommy, is fun to watch when Anthony Black is looking for, for guys basket cutting and go into the rim look out below because you had a bunch of dunks last night you love to see that same type of performance tonight against a really good Creighton squad
1: yeah you never know what's coming from you know Trevin Brazil's had some great games had one point yesterday you know so uh you just don't know you know Makai Mitchell 12 points in the game so it was Anthony Black's show I mean you'd like to see the turnovers get subdued a little bit more 16 is probably a, a bit too much, but they came from. I guess if there's a right place for your turnovers to come from, they, you know, they came from four of them from uh, from Black and another four from Council. So you, you got the guys. in Devo had uh, had a turnover as so, well. So I guess if you're going to look at it from the standpoint of uh, of where they came from, I guess they came from the right places.
4: Yeah, I was watching last night. Ricky tried this crazy bounce pass to Mikkel when he was running the floor, and I could just hear Coach screaming because he's talked about this in press conferences before about leading the big man, putting them in arm's way, which is kind of what Ricky did with Mikel last night, but uh, Ricky had that one fast break dunk, Tommy, when he is just in the open court. And I don't really know who the best dunker on this basketball team is. Is it Trevin Brazil who had the dunk of the year? Is it Ricky Council who's throws some down? Mikel Mitchell put his name in the hat last night. Jordan Walsh, we know, can slam it down. There's really competition. We know the best player is Nick Smith Jr., but I don't know who the best dunker of the basketball is, and that's kind of unique because you've kind of had that one the last two years this one has probably four or five guys that could put their name in the hat in that argument.
1: Well, the bigger the highlight, it still only counts for two points. And the good thing is, this team last night ended up shooting. I think in the second half, what was it? Uh, closer to sixty percent. I have to go back, but I mean they had so many dunks in the second half. Let me look that number up. Their percent uh, incredible. So sixty-eight uh, percent shooting in the second half because of the of the dunks. So. Uh, I look for this team to to be a team that I don't know threat. I don't even know what the all time percentage for the for team shooting for the year is, but I would suspect this team could be one that might uh, might threaten whatever that number is because I think they're going to get a lot of stuff around the rim. They had eleven dunks last night and eight layups. I mean, those are going to lead to some high percentage games, I would think.
4: And that's the stuff around the rim. But when teams pack it in, how do they adjust? They adjusted pretty well last night, going eight for twenty two. And that's the question that Brandon texts in. Do they have enough three-point shooting? Well, with Nick coming back, who I think, outside of Joe's opinion, is your best three-point shooter, that's going to be a great, welcomed addition Anthony showed last night that he can shoot it maybe a little better than advertised. Ricky hit two of them, I think, last night. I think Jordan hit two of them as well. So they've got some guys that are capable. Are they going to be in the top 100 or 75, Brandon? Probably not. But, Tommy, that is going to be something. When teams zone them or they go under screens, you got to have the confidence to knock shots down. They were able to last night. Hopefully they can do the same for a second consecutive night.
1: Right, because we've we've seen them struggle. They only had 13 3 point baskets through three games, and they they'd made uh, like half of those against South Dakota State. So, uh, eight more last night to that total. So, you, you stop and think, what well, that'd be uh, twenty one three point baskets in four games, and you had eight and one. So that kind of gives you an idea that they're they're heating up uh, from behind the three point line. I, I was just wondering to myself watching the game. I wonder playing in that kind of gym because that was not an arena last night they played in a gymnasium last mm-hmm. night did that have anything to do with it that the sight lines being a little more you know as coach to use coach's phrase a little more high school hairy. that was a little more like a like a high school facility than it was a college facility i just wonder if those sight lines had anything to do with improved shooting or if they're just finally starting to, to get the rhythm and the feel
4: of it the other thing if you watch that game the give on those rims was insane like if you put it on the rim there was a good chance it was going to go in that's what you were presented with last night there was a couple got lawn balls and then just layups that on normal basketball goals they would have rimmed out but you got a little give last night and i think arkansas took that to an advantage man, jacob te- loosen,
1: loosen them up at bud walton then you, take a wrench to him
4: i guess so. man jacob text in Asking about if this team reminds us of Phi Slam at Jamma, Hakeem the Dream, Olajuwon, Clyde the Glide, Drexler, Michael the Silent Assassin, Young. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think it's Cadillac Anderson's the dude name. There's probably one or t- I think there was a Mister Mean on that team. That team was loaded. Somehow, some way, lost to Bob or Jim. Excuse me, Jim Valvano. And NC State, which people were still blown away that that went down. But I mean, what do you remember? That would have been how old were you at that point? That was early '80s, right?
1: Seven, seven or eight years old. Yeah. You Something remember like that, that team at all? I remember Arkansas, and you know, I remember I I, I remember a lot of conversations that my dad, and my uncle, and other people had uh, about those teams. I don't remember a lot about them. I was too young to probably remember the details, but clearly Houston's teams at that time were, uh, and you know. Uh, Epic, you know, and and still you you think about those guys that went on – particularly Elijah wanted to a great NBA career. But, uh, you know, it's way too early to start making those kind of comparisons. I mean, th- that's an epic. I mean, here that is 40 years later, and we're talking about that team in, in a reference point. I That's a little bit, uh, little bit premature for me.
4: Yeah, I don't think you can uh, necessarily make that comparison, as you just said this early. We're four games in, got a long way to go. What comparison I think you can make is this looks like a Cal-Kentucky team based on the size and based on the depth. This is the most front court depth that you've had since Muss has gotten here. Really the most overall depth that you've gotten since Mus has gotten here. I think some of you are surprised. Our Morning Rush Daily question is going to be which player has surprised you the most through four games. There's guys that when Nick Smith went out have thoroughly stepped up. And Tommy, kind of like you said earlier, Trevin Brazil only had one point last night. We've seen him go off at points this season, not just in the four games but in the exhibitions as well. That's another thing about this team. You don't know where it's coming. One guy might just go out. Even... We were talking about this on Hog Reaction. Jalen Graham comes in, scores eight points in like six minutes. Like you just don't know where the arsenal is coming from with this Razorback basketball team.
5: Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of
2: just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
4: Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code believe to receive your rewards that's b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts
2: you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast bud light proud sponsor of arkansas athletics
4: Arkansas basketball wins last night, 80-54 to 54 over Louisville. They're going to play Creighton tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN. They're a 5.5-point favorite against the Blue Jays. Tommy, this is the third meeting all-time between the Blue Jays and the Razorbacks. You played in 1932. They also played 1962, once in Oklahoma City, and the other was— I can't remember what the other one was, but— uh, another matchup tonight, top 10 matchup. 24th time in your program history you have one of these. Should be a fun one tonight in Maui.
1: Yeah, and it, a great test, I think, for both teams, but particularly Arkansas. Big test for the defense because uh, Creighton is a, an outstanding offensive unit. Watched some of their game yesterday with Texas Tech. And, uh, you know, Arkansas want to, to play their best to uh, to win this game. It, great game of two top 10 teams. Arkansas's defense will get thoroughly uh, tested tonight.
4: They won that game 76-65 to over the Red Raiders. Fun game again. Hopefully a great game between the two teams later on tonight. I'll give Arkansas fans credit as I did following the Ole Miss game. They traveled well. Even caught the eyes and ears of Anthony Black, who talked about that after the game.
3: I think a lot of us grew up watching this tournament, so... Uh, we kind of saw what the atmosphere was going to be like. Playing in it is always different. We had great support from the fans, and uh, that kind of fueled our energy.
4: I mean, Tommy, there was a good chunk of Louisville fans there as well, But and I know the gym's small and compact, and it very much is a gym rather than, I mean, it's like you said earlier, it's more of a high school gym, but there were some, some loud noises when Razorback guys were making plays last night.
1: No, I mean, I think Arkansas has traveled somewhere around four to 500 people there. There was um, a package that the foundation sold very well, from from my uh, understanding of it, and traveled quite a few in kind of the team party, if you will, over there. So I think people have used this week because kids are out of school and, and the opportunity, uh, you know, it's been. There's, I think Arkansas oversold their 300 a lot, or sold them, and then people are finding tickets elsewhere. They clear that gym out after each game to you buy the tickets, buy the game. So now I think Arkansas is very well represented. I think it'll show up today even better um, when you can really see who the Arkansas fans are when you play Creighton, who's blue, and Arkansas, who's red.
4: Hopefully they have more fans in attendance for tonight's game on ESPN, the, the big four-letter network, so you get a good national audience in tonight's game. A lot of you have been wondering, hey, how KJ, how you feeling after the game against Ole Miss? Here's Coach on his recovery.
3: K.J. was best I've seen him on a Sunday in a long time. I think the game helped him. I think he has a lot better in him than even what he played. Actually, that's what he said.
4: Tommy, he had one of his best games of the season. You'd love for him to follow that up with a strong regular season ending against the Missouri Tigers. It's good to hear that he is healthy and recovering well because you're going to need him to make some plays against a a stronger Missouri team than maybe we initially thought heading into this football game.
1: Can't win without him. I mean, I think that's. We don't know anything else about this team. You can't win without him. So, uh, they haven't been able to, and I don't, I don't suspect they can go to Como and win without him. So, um, but you know, he's truly the definition of an MVP.
4: Not only can you not win without him, but he's got to be pretty outstanding for you to win that football game with him. And you even go back to last year, some of his performances when he played out of his mind. I think about Alabama. I think about Old Miss, how close and tightly contested those games were. And he even had good performances in those, but they still came up a little short. So something to monitor with this game on Friday, how KJ plays. It looks like he's healthy from the outside looking in. That's good to hear on that front. That's going to do it for your Hog Update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey call. eight 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 Sparky. Let's talk to Charlie and Camden this morning. Charlie, you got some thoughts on this Razorback basketball team?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm kind of in a bad area, though. I may run out here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, man. Pretty good. Okay, let me be quick. Uh it's crazy to think that how good they are at this point defensively. And you got, and we all know this team is going to get even better. Someone tweeted out 16 turnovers and one point by Trayvon Brazil. I think it was John neighbors and good God, this team is scary because you got multiple guys who can go between 10 and 15 points depending on what the matchup is every night. And you haven't even playing arguably your best player yet offensively. So, I, I, it's, the
4: sky is the limit and it, you, you guys are right I think we lost you there Charlie yeah I think a lot of people feel that same way that you're talking about with so many weapons on this basketball team they're going to be really really difficult to game plan for and I think about the fact that you haven't played in a sold out crowd in front of Bud Walden Arena that intimidation factor to accompany your basketball team the coaching uh, skills and, and what Eric Musselman does on a game-to-game basis when it comes to scouting and whatnot. Tommy, it is not going to be easy stepping inside Bud Walton Arena and walking out in a vi- with a victory this year and either non-conference playing their few remaining games and when SEC opponents start coming in here. Well, you
1: win this game and I, what was it? I also heard him talk about last night. It's been, what, 29 years since an SEC team has won this event oh, wow. in Hawaii. I, I think that's why there was a uh, Tony Delk and that that group from Kentucky, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. that uh, So, there hadn't been a lot of success. If Arkansas could win these next two, you know, and they kind of roll and then get through Oklahoma. I think the crowds, because we were looking at the schedule last night on Hog Reaction about when you may have your first 19,200, not a seat left kind of crowd. And usually those are Saturdays and you know, you look through the schedule, there's there's not right now appearing you know, like a number one or number two team in the country is coming. So this is, you know, these kind of games here are going to build the excitement internally. And, you know, as other teams fall, you know, if Arkansas can win, they're, they're obviously going to move up the polls. So. Yeah, you
4: have some... Games, unfortunately, that are just on the road, like Auburn and Tennessee. We talked about those games right. last night. You mentioned the brutal stretch. Maybe Alabama on Wednesday, Jev- January the 11th. I know it's weird, and you brought this up last night as well. It's like, what, do you bite the bullet on 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock? 6 o'clock's almost too early. 8 o'clock's too yeah. late. Kind of 7 is more of the mold that, or more of the time zone that I, I think people are more apt to go to. But, I mean, that's just we're basically um, – at this point in time. Peak I
1: crowd. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, it, yeah, it's just not. I, I don't know when you'll see that first initial crowd, Tommy. I, I, I Hopefully you don't have to wait till too long into February or something, but your your home schedule, which is kind of who you have, might dictate that if the teams coming in are any good, even if you're really talented, which we are, uh, which this team is, and I think we expect them to be once conference play starts.
6: First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender.
2: You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories.
4: After four games this season, which Razorback basketball player has most impressed you? You're welcome to jump in. 877-377-6963. We also welcome in Bruce Dan from Pradco Fishing to the conversation. Tommy, you can hit this one first. I'll let Bruce follow up. Which player, man?
1: Well, Trevin, Brazil's a hard one not to say because of that dunk. Maybe we let that one play override everything else, but do you go Anthony Black, who had 26 last night. I'm going to go Anthony Black. He handles the ball more. Um, probably more involved in how the offense is going to flow And 26. I know Louisville's on the struggle bus right now, but 26 in a game like that last night was pretty impressive, can, particularly considering he's having to pick up some of the uh, some of the slack a little bit with with Nick Smith's absence. So I'm gonna go Anthony Black.
4: That's who Be in Clarksville can't take his eyes off of. If text in this morning, Bruce, what about you? Who can you not take your eyes off to this point?
5: I mean, I just watching the game yesterday uh, with my wife. I mean, it was it was Anthony Black. I mean, of course, Arkansas played the whole game on pogo sticks. They were jumping over the rim and. Fast breaking, and it was it was exciting basketball. But yeah, he, the way he carries himself, the enthusiasm, even the the inbound play that they tried to throw over him, and he jumped up and grabbed it. I mean, it's just it's it's impressive. The IQ he's playing with, uh, playing at a high level, hitting the ground running. It, it's exciting, and just just as a neutral observer, you, you know, I kind of I kind of agree with uh, B. You can't take your eyes off of him right now.
4: Mike, oh go ahead. No, sorry. I was
5: just gonna say. Louisville's trash. They got beat by Bellerman. Everybody knows that. It, it's going to be interesting to see the Creighton matchup today A 9-10 ranking. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to beat them but it, it'll be a different game today.
4: I think I read in the game notes guys that this is the 24th time the Razorback basketball program has had a top 10 matchup. I think they're I think it was 9-14 in those games. You'd like to be 10-14 and 14 after tonight. Mike in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, was really impressed with Devo's defense yesterday. Mike, Coach Musselman talked about in the postgame, they wanted to hold Ellis to 12 or less points. Devo and company held him to 11. So props to him and what he was able to do defensively. Didn't have a lot to do with scoring, but his defensive presence was huge last night for Razorback basketball. I would say mine to this point has been Ricky Council. Ricky came in already after mm-hmm. being the sixth man of the year last year for the – where does Wichita State play in? What conference? Forget American. American Conference. They
1: moved. Yeah, they moved the American. Okay, so. he
4: – sixth man of the year. And he talked about he wants to be the defensive player of the year. I mean, it's six six. He probably is the most – it's really hard to say because, I mean, you got Jordan Walsh, Trevor Brazil, and others, but I'd still give the most athletic player on the team to Ricky Council – at this point, and he's really expanded his offensive game to maybe what people thought initially, and that's in kind of with Nick Nick Smith's absence. I've seen him step up. He's even handling the ball in certain pick-and-roll situations, something that's kind of been a new wrinkle to this offense. So my most impressive player through four games would have to be rookie council. All
1: right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one. Ram dealer. Log on at red dot All right,
4: Tommy, are we going to disagree with these rankings this week? Well, we- I don't
1: know. They're getting a little harder to do towards the bottom. I, I, first, I, I just want to do a wellness check here. Just do a, a quick check on Bruce. Bruce, are you okay?
5: Well, you can ask Ty. I'm wearing Rocky top. So I heard yesterday, I think Ty mentioned I was devastated. Uh, devastations when you go 0 and 8 in the SEC, and uh, that's what happened to Tennessee in 2017, which is one of the reasons we're, where we are now. We got Josh Heupel coaching. And uh, in 118 years of football, Tennessee's had two winless seasons in the SEC, and we recently had one of them. So we're 9-2. If you told me at the beginning of the season, you'll hang 52 on Alabama. You'll beat LSU 4-13 down in Baton Rouge. You'll beat Florida, which has been a tough game for us. He'll mop the floor, Kentucky, and pretty much everybody else except South Carolina. I, I I'd have taken that. I think Vol Nation once they get over it. the The devastating thing was Hendon Hooker going down with yeah. a non contact injury. That that's the thing that hurts because it probably cost him a trip to New York for the Heisman. I don't think he was going to win, but I think he was in the top three, and uh, that that was tough to watch. And really, the score, uh, you know. That wasn't as tough to take as watching your quarterback go down. The good news is Tennessee probably has the best backup in the SEC and Joe Milton, former Michigan quarterback. And, uh, you know, we're going to the Vanderbilt game Saturday. It's a bad time to be playing Vanderbilt. They beat Florida last week, the one on the road at Kentucky. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Vegas is right and we'll just uh, lick our wounds and get back to winning football. But a chance to win 10 games. Uh, but it was a tough night. I don't think many people saw that coming, and it just—it uh, was like a nightmare. Uh, it kept getting worse.
4: See, you and I differ on him being in New York. I think he's there. I think you'll have Blake Corum. I think you'll have C.J. Stroud. I think you'll have K.J. Williams, Hooker. I don't know who the fifth guy is going to be. Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know who that fifth guy is going to be. But I don't know how you can invite him. I mean, he was playing out of his mind prior to that injury and I know that they have now two losses on the season but he deserves to be in New York based on his play he played in what is probably going to be the best game when we look back of the college football season you beat Alabama for the first time since what 2006 Arkansas still hasn't done that Hinton Hooker needs to be in New York injuries are a part of the game he was and not to say that Milton's not really valuable to this team because, like you said, he is a talented backup. But, Tommy, I don't see how you can invite this kid to New York based on the way that he's played at this point in time and based on the impact he's had for Tennessee football this year.
1: Yeah. So let's take a look at these these rankings because um, they're a little bit of a struggle when you're trying to balance the season and then also what we just saw this past week. So, I mean, you know... You could overreact to what South Carolina did, obviously beating Tennessee. You could maybe even overreact to Arkansas trashing uh, Ole Miss. So I mean, trying to trying to balance what we've seen through eleven games at this point with also you know what we just recently saw as well. So the top's pretty easy to me. Georgia remains at at number one amongst the the, the pile. I don't think anyone would argue that. I move LSU up to number two. They beaten Alabama. Tennessee has to move down. So. It's Georgia 1, LSU 2. And then I move Alabama into the third spot ahead of Tennessee. I know Tennessee beat Alabama, but um, but with Tennessee losing that game to South Carolina without Hooker, I think right now Tennessee has to move to 4. So, Georgia, LSU, Bama, Tennessee 1, 2, 3, 4. Any, uh, any disagreements there?
5: No, the The problem with Tennessee's losses is they've just, both of them have looked bad. And uh, even though we've beaten the two teams you just moved ahead of us. I really can't argue with the eye candy. We're seeing uh, lost two out of three, and they really weren't competitive. So, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I I can't really argue too much with that, even though we soundly beat LSU and uh, hung 52 on Alabama for only the fifth time in their program's history
1: question is, what do you do with Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Arkansas and put them in that order? I know that some of this will play itself out with State and Ole Miss playing this week. But as soundly as Ole Miss was beaten by Arkansas, as and I know the, what the final score was, but, but, but it was a thorough whipping by the Razorbacks, I've got to move Mississippi State up and then put Arkansas at six. So State at five, Arkansas six, Ole Miss – Seven. Ole Miss may deserve to be a little bit higher than that, but guys, the, the way that game played out to me, they got they got to take a little bit of a of a hit based on that.
4: Yeah, they got their manhood taken on Saturday yeah. night. It was from the opening snap. I mean you have Ole Miss Q after Miss Q, three turnovers in that football game, and Arkansas had their most complete game of the season. Ole Miss could not stop them running the football. The only reason that Arkansas and Rocket Sanders didn't bust d record is because Sam and, and, and Kendall really took their foot off the gas, which he talked about after the game. I think your Rocket Sanders could have approached or gotten close to d record if they would have kept reeling and dealing like they had done in the first half.
5: I, I think uh, we said it all year. Uh, Ole Miss had an inflated uh, winning record because of their weak schedule. They had a very weak yep. non-conference schedule. They were fortunate to play a lot of weak teams in the SEC at the front of their schedule. And uh, obviously the last three games, it's caught up with them. They've been exposed a bit. Uh, Lane Kiffin probably can't wait to catch the bus to Auburn because they might lose another one this week uh, in the Egg Bowl.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, you look at this group of teams that are that are bidding to get to 4-4, four and four. Arkansas is at uh, – three and four states at three and four old miss at four and three you know the egg bowl goes states way and arkansas beats missouri you're going to have a wad of teams tied for third in the west so i think that's one of the reasons when you look at uh, kind of where we got those teams they're all pretty similar at five six and seven right now and the records also uh, in conference play indicate that here's where i had a lot of trouble maybe you guys can help me out because you wanted to flip flop Kentucky and South Carolina? I could get with that. How far do you drop Florida after embarrassing themselves against Vanderbilt? I've I've got Kentucky at eight, South Carolina at nine. If you wanted to flip those around, I could I could get with that. I mean, South Carolina did just beat Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky's had a solid year. I, I mean, they're almost eight eight a and you know eight and eight a with me. So.
4: I'd put South Carolina above Kentucky. They've beaten them head-to-head. Holy they just shit. had their best win of the season. That, I mean, that's not a huge issue, Tommy. But I Let's would probably... do that,
1: actually, because, you know, you look at the records, they do deserve to be you, ahead of them. So South, ask, Carolina, South Carolina is eight, and um, Kentucky's nine. I mean, that's what we're going to do.
5: Based on what you're seeing, you could make the argument that you could move South Carolina ahead of the Mississippi schools in Arkansas. They're They're seven and four. They got a better record. Uh, they had the best win out of all those teams on their schedule. And uh, is
1: there uh, does there other games hold up though? And the fact that they also play some of those teams in the the bottom of the East does that hold up though with you that, to go ahead of the, some of those teams that are going to play for third in the West?
5: Well, I mean we're we're, we're looking at uh, we're looking at recent performance. Yeah. That's the best win that I'd say outside of the top four teams. I mean, Alabama doesn't have a win as good as that. That's that's a, that's a big win.
4: They got any chance against Clemson on? Yeah, this I think weekend? I think they, they, they got a big chance. I think Clemson struggled
5: offensively. Uh, the the thing Clemson can do is they can run the ball effectively and they play defense, which Tennessee obviously doesn't do. Uh, I, but I think no, I think that could be a
4: game. I right, so, go
5: ahead, Tommy.
1: Uh, go ahead. No,
4: I was gonna say I haven't watched Clemson in a while and. I, I, have they switched their quarterback at all? Have
5: they, they have been. From- they, they they've been pulling ukulele or however you say his name. Yeah. Uh They've been pulling him some. So I, I don't think Dabo's afraid to do that. But again, Rattler hadn't played like that all year. But you saw glimpses of that at Oklahoma, where he could play like that. So I guess it's can he do that again? Can his receivers get open again like that against Clemson, which is a lot better defensively? And can they defend Clemson like they defended Tennessee?
1: All right, so South Carolina is at eight, Kentucky at nine. I put Florida at ten. Uh, I wanted to drop them further, um, but I mean, when you balance the, the the work of the season, they do have a win over a top ten team. I know that Utah was up and down this year. I mean, you just look at Florida, top to bottom. I have a I have a hard time, even though they lost to Vanderbilt, and I know they're six and five. I, I have a hard time dropping them in the bottom four. Y'all agree or disagree?
5: I mean, they trashed South Carolina the week before. It just seems like Mm -hmm. we're getting the point of the season where you're seeing surprise after surprise. Anytime Vanderbilt beats anybody, it's a surprise. But, you know, Florida, I think the big play in that game was their punt returner tried to field a punt with his hands over his head, and it sailed in the end zone, and it bounced around so much the deep snapper came down and jumped on it for a touchdown. Then they had another fluke interception where – hit the guys' forearms and bounced up. Just, I don't know. I'd, I'd still rank Florida above Vanderbilt and A&M and the rest of the bottom dwellers, Missouri.
1: Yeah, I got them again. I got Missouri at 11, right behind Florida. I think they played a lot better as of late. Auburn's improved. They won the one game, but uh, came up short. So I got Auburn at 12. Vanderbilt at 13. You'd like to slide them up, but I, yeah, I know they've had a couple of wins, but I really don't think that uh, when you balance it all out they deserve to be much higher than 13th and old Texas A&M. Uh, and their 42 fans that were in the stands is at 14. So, they're going to be anyone in College four.
4: Station this weekend for LSU. Oh, yeah. You think yeah, so? LSU will Why? Bring
1: more. Oh yeah. LSU's going to bring people.
5: Number one.
4: Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, are, is, are there any maroon fans uh, in the 12th man in Kyle Field? Yeah, here's here's what I'm wondering
5: with uh LSU, they got to be looking forward to Georgia, and there is talent on the A&M roster. And LSU is offensively challenged. Could could that delve into a low-scoring tilt? I mean, I, I think it could.
4: I don't know what the spread is on that game. I'm going to look that up, but you think LSU looks ahead to Georgia in the SEC championship? Tommy, like Bruce is staying? I don't think that's a I don't think that's a terrible line of thinking.
1: No, I think that's. Uh... That's going to be a challenge for Brian Kelly and his staff is to, to not be. I, I think you got the luxury of letting your analysts and your staff look ahead while uh, your team focuses on this. I think it's just a hard week for everybody. you got Thanksgiving. Uh, you're trying to balance, you know, for the staff, you know, spending some time with family, taking care of the players, you know, that aren't near family and having team activities for Thanksgiving. you got, you know, travel and all these. I just think it's a hard week to coach football team and, you know, on Thanksgiving week.
4: Do you limit your guys to how much they eat? This week, I mean, you can tell me you can only get one serving, one helping. I mean, y'all know how it is on Thanksgiving. It's at least two or three. You don't want to be lethargic and dead on Friday. Like, what? I don't know how coaches go about doing that. Are these guys just in such good shape it doesn't really matter what they do the day or two before?
1: I mean, these aren't 12-year-olds. I mean, I don't think you can tell a 22-year-old man, you know, hey, you can't have that extra slice of turkey, that, that piece of pumpkin pie, I think. I think it's Thanksgiving. It's the best meal of the year. You gotta let them have it.
4: By the way, I looked it up. The LSU is a ten and a half point favorite on the Bet Saracen app. They also have the SEC championship app or the line already. Any guess what the LSU Georgia line is right Seven, now? Seventeen, Ooh. Georgia.
1: Georgia favored by uh eight and a half. Okay. Y'all are in
5: between. It's 14 and a half. Yeah, that's a high that's a high line for an SEC championship mm-hmm. game. That just shows how offensively challenged game. LSU already is, and they're gonna face that Georgia Bulldog buzzsaw.
4: I don't I don't know how Jaden Daniels is gonna play in that football game. I don't think Stetson Bennett's gonna have to do that much. I think Georgia defensively and offensively will be able to run the football. But then, I mean, Harold Perkins is the best freshman, not just in the SEC, but maybe the country, and we'll see how much of an impact he can have on that game on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Bruce, uh, what are your thoughts? I know we talked a little bit about basketball earlier. What, where do you think this basketball team can go? You, you've seen, you've got a historical perspective that uh, you know those that have been around and paid attention for a while have. You, you've seen the the highs and the lows over the last thirty five or forty years. What, what do you think the potential is of this basketball team after watching their fourth game yesterday?
5: Well, it, it's. I think the sky's the limit. I mean, you, you've got some very talented people. And, you know, you you listen to Jay Billis talk about how much he respects the Muscleman scouting, uh, how much they, how well they scout opponents. But He said better than anybody in college basketball. So people are starting to see and believe in this coaching staff. They're seeing it from a recruiting standpoint. They're seeing it from a planning and coaching standpoint. And uh, with that type of talent, uh, you, you have to believe, this team could go to a Final Four and uh, deeper. That should be the expectation. You still got to you still got to do it. I mean, we saw uh, we've seen several Arkansas teams go to the Final Four, and you know things just have to line up right. But do they have the talent to do it? Do They have the coaching to do it, without a doubt. And uh, you know, can they stay injury free? Uh, can they avoid slumps? And uh, can they grow and can they get better every week? And you know, w- when you've watched Musselman. Uh, the last two years at Arkansas and watched him at Nevada. Uh, you know his teams always get better. And for them to look this good early, uh, it's just a great sign. And, you know, Nick Smith's going to come back and hopefully contribute at a high level. And, you know, you're going to have to figure out that rotation. Is it, is it going to get down to a seven-man rotation like it has? Or are you going to be able to play deeper, which I think uh, will help Arkansas? Uh, but no, I, I think... When you look at what's happened historically, some of those great Sutton teams and Nolan teams that uh made final four runs, uh, you gotta think this team's right in there with those.
1: Yeah. Can you just reinsert Nick Smith when he's ready and there'd be no problems or do you think that you'll have to balance the chemistry, if you will, for, for a few games?
5: I mean it's always a balancing act, but I think the the chemistry's already there. I mean, you you can tell those guys. Uh, really care about each other. I mean, Ty and I were talking before we went on the air when Nick jumped out of his seat. You know, you don't expect to see that from a guy with a knee injury, but when they were doing the aerial show, I think Anthony Black had a jam, and Nick, you know, jumped over his seat. And I think I think they're pulling for each other. They're all there together because they like each other. They, they like this school. They like this staff. And I think it's just a matter of uh, – you know who's gonna not get as much playing time when Nick Smith comes in? That'll probably yeah. be the only opportunity for hurt feelings because somebody's playing a lot right now. Yeah, and
4: when true. Nick gets in there, I mean, you just gonna have to take a back seat. Yeah, Nick Smith yeah. ain't taking a back no. seat. No, you're not, you're not no. letting the best player in the country taking the back seat. And no. that is that's a good question to ask: is who does lose the playing time? And you, we ask this question every time, and it kind of shakes itself out. Does he still go to the seven eight man rotation? I I do wonder if. Like these guys, if I mean you get valuable contributions from guys coming off the bench. I mean, they don't want to sit. These guys these guys wanna play. Yeah. You're doing everything you can between now and then, basically conference and in a conference play to prove that you deserve, whether it be five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, you gotta to prove to must in the next month or so that you're worthy of that time. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zounds the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Before we talk to Tom, let's talk to Jason, who's in Hot Springs. Jason, go ahead, man. You're on the Morning Rush. Hey,
1: Tommy. Hey, Todd. I just want to talk to you today about the uh, arkansas Creighton game tonight. And uh
3: know that uh, yesterday against uh, a good team in Louisville,
4: they shut them down in the second half. The d defense, how's the um, Arkansas defense shut Creighton down? Well, that's a good question. And, Jason, we appreciate your call, buddy. This is a Creighton team that's got a lot of veteran pieces. McDermott's been there quite some time. I mean, this is a. It's pretty. It's pretty unique campus, Tommy. We go there for Omaha a good chunk of times to watch this baseball team. Crane's campus is in Omaha, and I think I I can't remember the kid's name that they convinced to stay. I think he got some NIL deal or something. But this is not going to be a walk in the park tonight against Crane. Devo's defense is going to be key, as is every other player. They're going to have to be on the same page because when you play a team like this, that's consistently played with one another. The last couple years, they know each other in and out. And Arkansas has got to be on the same page tonight if they can convert and get another win and continue to advance in the Maui Invitational.
1: You know, they're going to be a very good Creighton offensive team. And um, this will be, you know, if there's a – A link to the chain with the Razorbacks that you want to, you know, we believe they can score and get inside and really get some things done around the rim. It's can you defend the three and defensively can Arkansas do the things they need to do and mainly man-to-man defense to shut down a really good offensive team. So, Ty, I think tonight's a great test to kind of see where you're at and kind of what's going on with your team defensively, still without Nick Smith as we, you know, kind of I have to always throw in that caveat, but... I think Creighton's going to be a tremendous test tonight for this Arkansas defense. I think Arkansas can score their points. Question is, can you keep Creighton from scoring too many?
4: Yeah, this will be, I would think, a high-scoring affair. I got to go back. In. I don't think they had the over-under as of this morning. Arkansas is a 5.5-point favorite against the Blue Chase. We'll see if that line shifts at all later on today. We'll talk some more basketball coming up in just a sec, but let's talk some football with our guy Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette whole hog sports. Tom, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving week. What are you looking forward to to eat on Thursday?
3: Oh, man, we're going to do the whole spread. But yeah, that was a fun fun basketball game to watch last night. That just really enjoyable when they got going in the open floor like that. But yeah, we're going to have we're going to have turkey and ham and a big old hen. I don't know. It's going to be a good time.
4: Big old hen. So what what have you noticed oh. thus far with this basketball team, Tom, to this point?
3: Uh, adaptable. Uh, I think after last night, you're going to see a lot more zones because it it did look like they kind of had this period of, um, I don't know, uncertainty before they started doing what you're, you know, supposed to do against the zone, move the ball quickly, get it inside. Uh, but they shot just enough, well enough from three point range to, you know, Louisville didn't run the zone all the time, but there were times it was effective. So I think, uh, and Jay, uh, Billis pointed this out. He thinks there's, uh, Razorbacks going to see some more zone as we go ahead.
1: Yeah, and I I like the way Arkansas was able to still get the passes inside the paint. Um, we saw Louisville they double down and crash on the on the dribbler and somebody be open coming a different angle along the baseline perhaps and get an easy dunk or layup. So, Tom, they, they've clearly worked on on zone offense, if you will, and, and working against the zone for when uh, for when you get in the paint in tight spaces, still trying to find the open teammate.
3: Yeah, they definitely have done that, but they're going to have to continue to do it. And you know that Muss and his staff will prepare them to see more of it. And it it, it was nice to see some of the ball movement. Um, and in a game where tre- uh, Trevin Brazil doesn't go off, and you know uh, that they get it to the, the Mitchell twins scored, and and uh the they they got the passes right down to the rim several times, and then when things got into the open court a little bit after the the. The meltdown Louisville had with ball security, uh, it was a dunk circus, so that that was pretty cool to watch.
1: Anthony Black made three three three-point baskets. Ricky Council added three more. The team made eight. The other two came from Jordan Walsh. Is this team becoming, over the last couple of games, a better three-point shooting team?
3: Um, Well, it looks like, you know, marginally. Um, I don't know. I I don't think they should be, like, relying on it, but um, they do need to show it more because there's going to be some games Uh, where it's going to be important that they shoot it a little bit better.
4: Talking with Tom Murphy this morning, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Tom, let's shift the focus to the football team coming off a big win against Ole Miss where they thoroughly dominated. Do you think that was the offensive line's best game of the season based on how Rocket Sanders and KJ were basically able to run wherever they wanted?
3: Yeah, it was certainly one of the best, and they did a really good job at figuring out what Ole Miss was doing defensively, what the twist they were running, and how they were trying to contain on the second level and got Rocket Sanders into that level a lot. I mean, I think he had, was it six or eight runs of 20? I think it was six runs of 20-plus yards, and um, that sequence right before halftime I thought was so huge because you felt like at some point in that game, Old Miss was going to be able to, quote, explode on offense because they go so fast, they're hard to contain. And so it was sitting there at uh, 21-6. They get the touchdown to make it 28. Old Miss is in two-minute drill, and Drew Sanders jumps up and picks off a slant, and they cash that in. So that touchdown with five seconds left in the half to lift it to 35-6 was really, really big because... Even at 42-6, you felt like, okay, Arkansas was going to win, but if Ole Miss had just gotten going in the third quarter, could have been more of a game, and if they recover an onside kick late in the game, who knows, but I just felt like that sequence late in the first half was the game-stealer.
4: Tom, that's the positives of the weekend. The negatives might be Bumper Pool's career at Arkansas could be done. Is that what you took away when Coach Pittman was asked about it yesterday?
3: I took away that Sam Pittman wants Bumper Pool to be healthy and to play out the end of the season the way Bumper Pool wants. Um, who knows? It, it sounds like he's very doubtful for Friday, and then maybe they're leaving a bowl stint, you know, um, unanswered right now. Um, I saw him at practice yesterday; he seemed in good spirits, but we know he's ailing. Uh, I thought Eli Drinkwitz's response to it—he called it rat poisoning. Sam was just floating that out there. So, I I don't know. We'll see. It's hard to think that Bumper Pool would, you know, just not try. I mean, like, I I think he'll suit out maybe for both games. I don't know. It's just going to be fun to see. And no matter what plays out from this, uh, Bumper Pool is a guy who in five years gave everything he had, played hurt all year this season, is now the tackle leader. Passing Tony Bua, I think he's up to 441, and really kind of, he got named the captain this year, did the things that Grant Morgan was able to do last year, and um, just kind of be a part, you know, on the cutting edge of Arkansas football, regaining respectability, and, you know, becoming a tough out for really anybody.
1: So, you mentioned bowl game and maybe him playing there. Let's talk about the bowl. What do you think is important to Arkansas? Where would Sam Pittman like to go? Is this about a player reward or is it about timing? You you know, uh, where would the six-win or seven-win schedule do you think the Hogs are likely to land?
3: Yeah, um, it just depends, like, how many teams get in the the playoff, which, you know, looks like one for the SEC right now um, after Tennessee's loss. But you don't. You never know. Um, but I think the Liberty Bowl is hot after Arkansas, and is that reciprocated? Yeah, probably. I mean, playing in Memphis is a good good deal. The Razorback fans can get there. Um, I think there'll be some is that excitement. That a reward? But I say, yeah, yeah. Is that a reward, a reward to go to and, Memphis? And, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of pe- people predicting. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I've seen a lot of people predicting um, Las Vegas, and I think Razorback fans would be eager to get there. Like, we've seen a bunch in Maui. There was a bunch out in Provo, Utah. I think Arkansas fans would say, hey, trip to Vegas in winter. Let's do this. Um, But composing your roster now for college teams that aren't going to the playoffs is such a weird deal. Sam Pittman talked about it some on Monday. It's just the window for the portal, I mean, guys are going to be getting in it. So, your roster could be down a pretty significant number of players like Penn State was last year. You know, man, that was a good bowl, And uh, so, who knows what will happen, but we're going to see a lot of things shake out next week. See, we, I think
1: this Vegas deal is interesting because the game is on December 17th. You mm-hmm. essentially have like a week off. You get right back after it. Coaches could focus on recruiting earlier. Uh, it's a weird time for an SEC bowl on the 17th, but great facility, destination location. Uh, you could, you know, you can make a lot of cases why playing early and in Vegas would be maybe the best best thing for a team that's uh, kind of where Arkansas at at six or seven wins this year.
3: Yeah, good point, Tommy. And I think there's a lot of pros to it. And, and but if you sat down with Sam Pittman and had the time to talk through it, I'm sure there would be cons as well. But yeah, I mean, you, you get on your, your recruiting a little bit quicker. Um, you're done with your season quicker. uh, So your free time, you know, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of pros and cons to it, I think. And we've never dealt with it here much, having a bowl that early. So if it does come to fruition, um, I'm sure we'll hear hear all about the pluses and and the minuses to it.
4: Tom, Sam Pittman also talked about, potentially decimated rosters that not only he but coaches will have to deal with and what i mean by that is that guys that hit the portal right before bowl games how do you think coaches will deal with that in the coming years when they're gonna they're gonna see more of their current players decide the portals for me i'm not playing this bowl game
3: the sport keeps evolving i mean if you think five or six years ago you know we didn't have portal we didn't have nli and uh, or Nil, and it's just uh, it's just a weird time. And, and Sam Pittman did talk about that on Monday, like that that he advocated that you did need to open that transfer portal window because coaches want to know before the signing day how many what the numbers they're going to need, what positions they have to bolster up. And so um, we're in the early stages of this. and you know, Penn State, they played a representative game in the first half. But I think their lack of depth and Arkansas kind of figuring out what was going on and getting their running game going, um, that, that impacted last year's outback bowl. And as I said, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big bowl on the Big Ten pecking order and SEC as well. So, um, I think it's just going to be year after year. It's going to, it's going to be hard to navigate for the coaches. And it's just so new. Um, and, and players are all about finding, you know, playing time, their, their best fit. And we'll probably see guys from rosters all over the country that are a little bit surprising who get into the portal um, come next week.
4: Do you think KJ even contemplates playing at the next level? Or is he, with the injuries, not done enough to warrant a discussion like that?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've, I've got to think that he has thought about that, you know, especially going into the year. If I have a big enough year, if I show my strength, uh, wh- what, will my market value be my stock? Uh, so yeah, I'm think he definitely is thinking about that. It's a tough decision for him. Um, I would think because I'm not sure if he's going to be thought of in that upper tier of quarterbacks, but-, but certainly a guy that an NFL team could look at and say, yeah, we could, we could build around this guy, give him some time, and um, so I don't know. That's a tough question, and I don't know for Arkansas fans. It's like, wow, you know, we found a difference maker at quarterback. They're not easy to find. You look at programs that are are struggling or kind of up and down, like look at South Carolina this year. You know, Rattler has a huge game, and they beat Tennessee. Rattler has some average games, and South Carolina loses games like against Missouri and gets blown out by Arkansas, so <clears throat> it, it's a tough, tough call for him. And then, what would Arkansas's next page be at quarterback? Uh, that's going to be one of the biggest off-season questions the Razorbacks face, in my view.
1: Yeah, Tom, we've talked about all the things the coaches are challenged with, with particularly Sam Pittman, with dealing with it right as the season closes, from recruiting the players that are on your roster to to stay the ones you want to kind of run it off the ones that maybe you want to prune from your roster tree the other thing we really hadn't focused on a lot you know outside of the recruiting stuff and roster management is staff management uh sam lost a lot of guys that uh, i don't think he's lost any that just left and have had to battle to keep a few coordinators he's cha- made some changes that appeared to be his uh, own doing uh, what kind of job does Sam have ahead of him in in your guesstimate at this point on uh, on staff management?
3: Yeah, they've they've really, you know, they've really had a good thing going with their coordinators. And I know fans get mad at at the different ones at various times, but you look at the personnel and the and the injury issues that Barry Odom's had to deal with. The the numbers don't look great. But the schemes, I mean, you go back to year one, the schemes have done things that have won football games, and that's really all that matters, right? And then if you look at the statistics for Kendall Biles, um, total offense, rushing numbers, balance, they all look great. Um, uh, yeah, and there's some areas, red zone, you know, short yardage, fourth downs, that Arkansas fans want to see improvement. Um, so Arkansas has done really well to hold on to the coordinators. Um I just think that at some point there's going to be a head coaching offer. That I don't see why any either of the two, those two, would leave for anything other than a, a good head coaching offer somewhere. So, is this the year? Could be. We don't know. Uh, there'll there'll probably be openings that are surprise or you know um, that we're not aware of at this point that that come open that appeal to those guys. But I would think if. If they don't get head coaching offers, that Sam Pittman would be ready to roll in 2023. Both those guys, as well as his buddy, Scott Fountain. Um, Arkansas has made, you know, continual improvements on special teams. Uh, I don't think they've had a block this year. Uh, um, Maybe a partial field goal block. I can't remember. But, you know, they've done better. So, uh, most of his moves have revolved around a coach's recruiting prowess and how they deal with the players. And, um, it, you know, it just remains to be seen if, if there will be any changes this year. But the statistics and the odds say that there will probably be some.
4: Tom, no show for us on Thursday. We'll leave it there. Enjoyed your time as always. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, we'll see what they do against the Tigers on Friday.
3: Yeah, same to you guys. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving week. See ya. Yeah. Happy
1: Thanksgiving, Tom. Tom Murphy with us every Tuesday and usually Thursday. We'll talk to him next week here.